want to uh, just encourage you to put on your calendars the first Wednesday of every month. We are having ministry here at the church. And I don't want to say it's a church service because it's not going to be your typical church service. We did our first one last Wednesday and it was incredible. We walked and prayed. Everybody here, we knelt at the altars. We prayed over the altars and the ministry of God and just revival over this city. And so we're going to be just letting the Holy Spirit flow on Wednesday night. So we may have a little worship, maybe a word, maybe just ministry or prayer. But we're just going to let that Wednesday be a fun night. Amen. So we used to do every Wednesday. So we can do one Wednesday, can't we? Amen. First Wednesday of every month, we made it real simple, first Wednesdays. I want to make a couple of announcements. They're not here in second service, but Matthias and Allison are having a baby. For those of you who know who they are, a real tall guy. And then I got a text message this morning that Lexi went into labor, those of you who know Lexi. So we have all these new babies coming into church, and it's very exciting. I've always said since I took over, we're going to build Faith Builders one baby at a time. Seems to be something in the water here at Faith Builders if you come here. So be careful what you drink. Amen? All right. Well, how many is ready to receive the word of God? Amen. I tell you, I look forward every week just to prepare the word for you guys, just to be in there studying. And the Lord shows so many new things to me in truth. And I tell you, it's just an honor to be your pastor. And I'm so thankful that we are together for such a time as this. Amen. God is moving in such a special way in our church and over in North Phoenix and in our community. I truly believe that God is bringing in the harvest for the kingdom of God. And, you know, all we need to do is just get ready to receive them and be prepared. Amen. So this morning I'm going to be talking about um, the performing the law versus performing spiritual authority. And, you know, I declared this year in, Jan in January after our 21 days of fasting and prayer, the year of Jubilee. And Jubilee is like a brand new beginning. Everything, debts are paid. How many would love debt cancellation? Hallelujah. Miracle. The devil needs to pay back sevenfold what he stole from us. There's a lot he has to pay back in this season. And I can tell you, I'm demanding every little thing too, plus, because we were ripped off this last year. And so I just want you to know, as your pastor, I'm walking and praying over you and your families. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 every day, that you're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the field, you're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out, your kneading baskets are full, hallelujah, your cupboards aren't bare, but they are full. I want the blessings of of God to chase you down, amen. And because of that, with Jubilee, um, we need to understand is that the finished works and the miracle, God has already done it for you. Whatever you need or desire from the Lord, it's already done. And if we find ourselves in a place where maybe we have some unanswered prayer, or maybe we find ourselves going around the same merry-go-round. You ever end up at the same dead-end sign? You're like, how did I get here again? It's those places that we need to really check and realize that if I've been believing God for something and it hasn't happened yet, maybe I just need to be thankful for what God has done. You know, if we prayed about it, prayed about it, prayed about it, and we've done all we can do to pray, then the Bible says to just stand. And I think we need to enter into a season of taking our spiritual authority that God gave us, and I'll show you through Scripture today, and just begin to say thank you for what you've already done in my life. I remember when I was uh, born with asthma, so I was sick once a year, in the hospital once a year for a week and in Rockford, Illinois, and I grew up with asthma, and then one day I just, I wanted God to heal me of this thing. And so every, every day I'd pray for healing, and I'd go to the altar calls and get prayer, and I was believing God for healing and all of that, and one day, and nothing happened. And one day I woke up and I heard the Lord say, thank me for what I've already done. 
And I was like, hmm, okay, Lord. So every day, instead of asking him, I'd wake up, God, thank you for healing me of asthma. You know, and I had my inhaler with me still. I made sure it was with me. How many know we don't want to be stupid? We need the miracle to happen. And so I didn't, like, just put the inhaler away and trust God. I kept my inhaler with me. But every day, thank you, Jesus, for healing me of asthma. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me of asthma. And I'm going to tell you something. Six months or so had went by, and I hadn't even thought of my inhaler. And I realized God healed my body. God is in the healing business, isn't he? He's in the miracle business. He wants to give miracles to you. Whatever your heart's desire is, God wants to meet those desires. But we as believers cannot come up from a place of works to perform the miracle. Well, if I just read my Bible more, then God will give me the miracle. Now, should we read our Bible? Yes. It matures us in Christ. It teaches us who we are, how to live our life. But because I'm in Christ, I've been given authority to exercise the power of God in me for whatever miracle needs to happen in my life. It's not about the works. See, prayer, worship, the Bible, those are all important things. But guess what? I get to do those. It's not something I have to do to attain something. I get the blessing of reading God's word. I get the blessing of worshiping in God's presence today. I get the blessings of hearing him voice. That's the I get to. But the power and the freedom comes from who I am in Christ Jesus. Your miracle is just waiting for you to step up, not by works, but by your God-given authority. Amen? Let's not ask God to do something he's already given us the authority to do. Amen. We just have to open up our mouth just like that champion song today, which was so good, that our authority is what shakes mountains. It's our authority that tells the devil to back off. Amen. It's our God-given authority. So we have been given authority to execute spiritual laws. So if the Bible says by, him stri by his stripes I'm healed, that's a spiritual law. Guess what? I get to execute that power by the authority given me. Amen. No matter how small I feel in Jesus... No matter insignificant I feel, I've been given this authority. Those are some things we're going to talk about this morning. So number one point is that Jesus gave you the same power that he has. The same power that he walked here on earth, you have that same power on the inside of you. What we have to watch as believers is that are you living the law of Moses, which is the Old Testament, or are you living, living the law of Jesus, which is the freedom, the covenant of the cross? If it's in Moses, it's always going to be about the works. It's always about, I need to do something more. I need to perform something. In the Old Testament, they had to do sacrifices, and they had to do rituals, and they had to go to the priest. And there was all these works to perform, right? But in Christ, we walk in grace by faith. So the miracle doesn't come by your works. It's by walking in faith according to the covenant, stepping up into your authority that Jesus gave you is when that mountain starts to move. It's when fear starts to peel off in your life. You know, I think many times why God wants us to use our mouth of authority is that, one, you'll convince yourself that you have the authority of Jesus. And, two, you're going to let the devil know who you are. He already knows who you are, but when you aren't speaking it and we're just complaining and murmuring and we're frustrated in life, you know, we're just chasing our tail with life, the devil's like, ah, I got them. They may love Jesus and go to heaven, but he's really enjoying watching you just chase your tail. Disappointment, frustration, prophetic word came out Wednesday night that God's trying to give blessings to his kids right now. He's trying to give breakthrough to you, but we have this filter over us of disappointment. 
Disappointment. Something didn't happen that was supposed to happen. God didn't give you that miracle. Something left you that wasn't supposed to leave you. And we're carrying this disappointment. So no matter what God's blessings try to pour inside of you, you can never see the good because it's always going through disappointment. What we have to be willing to do, I think I said this in first service, is you got to say goodbye to the past. You've got to shut the door. Listen, even the good things, there are good things that's happened in my life. I mean, spiritual things, traveled the world, preached the gospel, amazing things. But I can't keep looking back at the good old days and not seeing the greatness that is ahead of me. you got to just put your hand to the plow is what the Bible says. Put it to the plow and don't look back. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm telling you, we are coming into jubilee in this season. I think Eli uh, ministered or gave us a little word Wednesday night, and he said that the Lord showed him that last Sunday was the first day of the next six months of the year. And that just leaped in my spirit. I was like, yes, we have six months for God to do something amazing. We have six months of the supernatural breakthrough of God. Let's not give up in this halfway mark, amen. Let's pick up our faith. Let's stir up our joy. Let's begin to see the good things of God that's right in front of you. Because I promise you, you're stepping into the best season of your life. But you can't look at what you see. Get disappointment off of you. Get failure off of you. If you've been offended, get over it. If you need to forgive, release and forgive. It doesn't mean you have to bring people back into your life, but at least get them out of there, amen, so that you can embrace the fullness of God. Jesus gave you power. So let's look at Matthew this morning, chapter 10. Love this scripture verse. And Jesus, um, Jesus was speaking to his 12 disciples, and he said this. And when Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Let's leave that up there for just a minute, sweetheart. So let's look at this. God called his disciples to his, or Jesus did, to his side to give them something to empower them to live a kingdom authority life. You are God's disciples. The moment you come to Jesus and you receive him as your savior, you become his. All that he is is all that you are now. The power, the miracles, the discernment, the wisdom, all that Jesus had when he was here on earth, he gave to you. But that word disciple means two things. It means I learned from... How many are learning from the Lord? We learn from, but then I have to put forth the effort effort of faith. It's not enough to be a hearer of the word. What does the Bible say? I have to be a doer of the word. Not a doer of the flesh or works, but a doer of the word of God. That means I take my authority in Christ. Yes, I have this old nature. Yes, I have brokenness and all that stuff. But in Christ, I am a mighty warrior on the inside. You may see weakness. The devil may tell you you're worthless, but you are a warrior. You have the power of God living on the inside of you. We as the church needs to rise up in this season, amen. Take your seated position of authority in Christ. Not in arrogance. Not in how much you know from the Bible, not how much you pray. That's what the religious rulers did. 
but it's knowing Jesus and that authority that you are a conduit of that authority that you can use your mouth to reroute the powers of the enemy in your life. Listen, before they hit you, you can reroute the enemy before he can even touch your doorstep because you are with your authority rerouting every evil plan of the enemy when you know who you are and the position that God has given you. All right, so he called his 12 disciples to him. And what did he do? He gave them power. Now, that word power is so awesome, and it means a couple things. It means delegate, delegated to. So when someone, a job or an employer, delegates something to you, what does that mean? You now have the authority to do what that person of authority gave you. So it isn't just for pastors or spiritual people. I know we all think that. and We may not say it out loud, but that's just for the really super spiritual. And Jesus said, no, the moment you came to me, I gave you, I delegated you the same power that I walk in, you walk in. Amen? So when you get up in the morning and you may feel worthless and you may feel beneath, you say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm an overcomer and I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. Amen? I'm above and not beneath. What are you doing? You're taking your authority. I may feel this way, and I may not been in my word for a minute, but I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Because when Christ came in me, his power came into me. His authority to reroute anything the devil wants to, wants to attack me in my life. Some of us just seem to recognize what tactic the enemy uses because he uses the same one in your life very often. And you know why? Because it works. And he can derail us every time. But when it knocks on your door this time, you have to say, no, God gave me power. I can overcome this thing in my life. So he gave them power, delegated authority to do what? That word means to advance the kingdom of God. God wants his kids to shine on earth. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be full of joy. He wants you to have your heart's desires. Do you know that God wants your desires more than you? He says, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think, dream, or imagine. I'm a God that can triumph over your little dreams. Right? But you have to know who you are in Christ. You've got to take that seat of position of authority and say, what God has for me, I'm going to go get it all in this season. And I'm not going to be beat down by the enemy because God wants to excel you in this kingdom but you, on, on earth. But you have to see where God is taking you. So let's look at this again. God gave his disciples power. He gave them power over unclean spirits. That word gave means this. He entrusted you. Isn't that good to know that God trusts you, yet we always feel unworthy? We always feel like we're not spiritual enough or we can never be who God's called us to be. And God's saying, no, I trusted you with my spirit. My exact likeness is on the inside of you. And I entrusted you. I also gave you permission to flow in my power. It also means I appointed you to an office. Listen, it's not fivefold ministry that's going to win the world today. Fivefold ministry, they equip the saints for the working of the ministry. But you are the ministry of Jesus Christ. You are the hands of Jesus. You are the feet of Jesus. And when the church can receive the blessings of God and what God has spoken over your life, you're going to be attraction for what God is doing. And those who are around you are going to say, what is going on in your life? 
Why do you have joy when the world's going to hell? Why, do you, why are you smiling? Why are you happy? How are you blessed when people are losing their jobs? I got Jesus. I got the authority of God. I've got the power of God. God will bless me when I come in. God will bless me when I go out. See, when you know the word and you know your authority, you will exercise it and you will walk in the blessings of God. We're not called to walk like the world walks. I'm not going to walk in fear right now, what the world offers. I'm not going to walk overwhelmed. I refuse it. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's my king and he's my Lord. And his word is yes and it is amen. And when I send it out, it accomplishes that which it was sent because it doesn't come back to me void. Why? Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. you got to get that kind of boldness. That's not pride. That's like, well, I know the word. I've been serving Jesus 15 years, and I have went on this mission trip. That's no power. That's powerless. That's religious. That's the works. But you take somebody who may, somebody may not even know, and they know who they are in Christ Jesus, they will bat every force of hell that will come against them. Amen. When you realize your authority is in Jesus, not based in how you feel. And then God will work out all the feelings, amen, once you know whose you are. All right, let's keep going. Flip over to verse uh, 7. Seven and eight, I believe. And as you go, right, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse eight. Then what does he say? Heal the sick. How do we heal the sick? How can you lay hands on your family members and your spouses? Heal the sick? How do we do that? Through the power that Jesus delegated to you to advance the kingdom. Amen. We should be laying hands on the sick, not just at the altar ministry, but being aware. Lay hands on your spouse. Pray for one another. Pray for your children when they're sick. Obviously, take them to the doctors. You hear what I'm saying. But at least give God the first chance for miracles. You know, if your coworker is struggling and you kind of know they're going some, through something, man, can I pray, pray for you? I, I can't heal them. I can't do it in my own flesh, but the power that God gave me, the authority in me says I can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, my job is not the healing. My job is just be a person to be obedient to go and do what Jesus has called us to do. Amen. I believe God, and I know God has, he's broke down the walls of the church. The church in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, maybe, maybe a little less, but at least around there, has been so inward. It's about how can we bless Christians? How can we give another good word? It's all the inner workings of the church, why the world is lost and going to hell. The gospel of the truth, the hope, the hope of salvation has been locked in the four walls of the church. While we big, build big structures to have great church, to, to maybe tantalize people who are on the edge. But we need to be go-doers of the gospel. The walls need to come down because revival is going to happen out there. And it's going to affect in here. Listen, I know what the Lord has showed me. It's not about building mega churches inside anymore. God has flipped the switch. He said, it's not going to be like that anymore. I'm going to reach the hurt and the broken. I'm going to reach those who have a, a hunger and a thirst for me. And we're going to go get the harvest. And then we're going to go bring them in. And we'll equip and we'll train them. But you can lay hands on the sick. You have the ability to cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. When my parents got saved, they were two people, were first-generation Christians, and they opened up their home for a Bible study. 
And hundreds of people came through that Bible study. And they were healed, delivered, homosexuality set free, got married to wives. These two men got married to wives, had a beautiful life, served in the church. Every one of them found a place, serving in the kingdom of God, building the local church. That's what the church needs to look like. People that are hurting and broken and hopeless need you because where your arm can reach them, my arm can never extend. All I can be is a voice of what we should be doing. And if you go and be the church, wow, this church would be so packed, we wouldn't be able to get them in. And that's fun church, isn't it? The church should smell and look like the world, shouldn't it? Why? Because that means we got people in here who need to be delivered. We got people in here who need freedom. We got broken people that we can love back to life. But if the church smells so perfect all the time, we got squeaky little Christians and we're never being the church, the devil don't care about that. Only thing he cares about is if we're doing our walking in our authority, changing us, changing our family, changing the world. That's what we're called to do. Amen. Let's keep going. My Bible keeps flipping here. Provide, I love this part, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts. You know what that means? Don't look to get paid. And I threw this in here because it's just proof that when Jesus sent them out, it's not about a job. It's not about a hireling. It's not about a position or you're paid by the church. No, he said just go and share the good news. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. Cast out demons in my name. You are the ones who are supposed to be doing that. But if we don't know our authority, we can't walk in that blessing. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 19. It's so important that you truly know who you are in Christ. And in this portion of the chapter in Acts chapter 19, they, were, they had just had a really good church service, and I, I, I say they had an after party. It was like they had an after party, a bonfire, and they were all here. And it says this in verse 3, um, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came and because of the heat and, uh, because of the heat and fastened to his hands. So what happened? They're having an after party. Paul decides to build a fire. He reaches in, and because he began to build the heat stronger... What happened? The viper came out and bit him. Listen, as the church of Jesus begins to rise up in this season, and we begin to stir up the fire of the Holy Spirit, and we begin to activate the signs, wonders, and miracles, the enemy is going to pop his head out for discouragement. He's going to pop his head out for, for, um, to take your joy away. He's going to bring dissension and division and anything that he can. And we have to realize that we have power over that. I said this when we first came back together after COVID. There's an antichrist spirit in the world. And this antichrist spirit is raising up his ugly head. And it wants to shut the church. And it wants to shut the mouths of the believers. And it wants to have an intimidating spirit of fear. And we as believers cannot bow our knee to the culture of fear. We have to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And when you know your authority, no matter what knocks on your door, sickness, disease, virus, none of it will matter because you know who you are. You are bought in the covenant of Jesus Christ. I've got my blood post at my doorway. No sickness, no disease, no virus can come nigh my dwelling. We as the church have to rise up and get out of the flesh thinking, out of culture thinking, and step into the power of the Holy Spirit. My home will not be touched with sickness and disease. 
The Bible says no disease or pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. Amen. And when you know that authority, I walk my property line all the time. And I remind the devil, this property has been bought by the blood of the lamb. No sickness, no disease, no fear, no anxiety can touch my property line. I pray that over this church, I pray everything we own, every inch of the dirt, I pray a bloodline over this church that nothing can harm it. I'm about to get a big old thing of Crisco and walk the line and just pour the blood of Jesus. I'm about to anoint the property. Why? Because I want revival. I want a move of God. I want something so special for this North Phoenix area. I want people to be healed and set free. I want miracle signs and wonders, not for the glory of man, but for the advancing of the kingdom. I want to strike the devil right between the eyes and say, you want to shut the church up and shut it down? Well, we're coming back, and we're coming back strong, and not in religion, but we are coming back in our authority and our power in Christ Jesus. Amen? can't let the world tell us how we think and feel. We have to be the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, where am I at? That viper came out. Okay, let's look. So when the natives saw that the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, they, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. They begin to accuse him. See, the enemy's going to bring accusations when you stand up for your faith. The world's going to bring accusations for you standing up in your faith. But you have to know who you are. If Paul would have bowed his knee like, oh, my God, I did get bit by a snake, that poison might have just rushed through his bloodstream in that moment. But what did he do? Verse 5, but he shook off the creature. We've got to be so discerning in this time that when the enemy comes, we're going to shake it off. I'm not going to get in fear. You're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to take my marriage. You're not going to have my children. I'm not going backwards. I am going forward into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I'm going to shake off fear. He didn't care. He shook it off. Amen. And the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. God gave Paul power to advance the kingdom it wasn't about paul being looked at as a god because the next few verses they begin to think oh well let's let's read it verse six however they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead but after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him they changed their minds and said he was a god Listen, Christians are going to stand up in this season. We're going to go through things that the world's going to struggle with. And people are going to think, oh, aren't they amazing? No, it's for the advancement of the kingdom. It's to give glory to God. It's to win people to Jesus, to win a city for Jesus. So Paul didn't take on the glory. He just used his authority and said, you're not going to harm me. And what happened? Because of his authority, it advanced him to the leader that was in charge of the region. His name was Publius, I think. Publius. Odd name, but that's what it is. And Publius' father grew very ill and sick. And because they knew Paul's authority, they said, well, we know a guy who knows how to heal. And they called on Paul, and Paul was sent to the bedside. It says, and Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him, and he healed him. See, when the church shows our authority, it gets the world's attention. And they're like, well, I have somebody who needs healing. I have, a mar- I have friends who need their marriage restored. 
I have people who have drug addiction. People are getting healed at your church of drug addiction. Come over to my house because I want them to be set free. And what happens? You start to create this revival in a region that didn't exist because the church shakes off the fear of the enemy. Verse 9, and so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came and were healed. By one man shaking off the viper's bite, shook off the fear, everyone heard of it and they begin to come, those with diseases, and they were healed. Verse 10, they also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. What happened? They began to bless them with everything that they needed. Isn't that great? Resources into your house. Resources into the kingdom of God just because we step into our authority. Amen? So powerful who you are. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. Really quick this morning. i got a couple minutes. Luke chapter 10. It says this in verse 18. Now, this is about uh, the 70 that Jesus sent out. So remember earlier I said how the disciples came around Jesus, the twelve. In this story, Jesus called 70 of them together, and he challenged them to go, exactly the same scripture, share the good news, raise the dead, lay hands on the sick. And in that first part of the scripture, Jesus said to them something I feel is so heartfelt for Jesus. He said, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest. We need harvesters. We need kingdom people, not perfect people, kingdom people, because there's a harvest that is ripe, who need hope and healing and answers that they don't have. And so what happened? This 70 went all over, and they begin to share Jesus, and they begin to have signs, wonders, and miracles. And in this verse, the 70 of them returned back to Jesus, and Jesus said this to them. And he said, I saw, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, we know at that moment Satan didn't fall from heaven, but Jesus was declaring to them, where I'm sending you, the authority I'm going to give you, you have to realize Satan has already been defeated. What you're going to do and what you're believing God for in this miracle, yeah, the viper wants to come out and discourage you. You're going to shake it off, and you have to know Satan has been defeated. Amen? He's been defeated, so he's empowering them. I'm about to release something over you, but you got to know, don't let the devil stop you. Don't let discouragement hit your heart. He said, behold, in verse 19, behold, I give you authority. Now, this wasn't the disciples. It's now the 70. He's enlarging the ministry. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Listen, you're going to go places. I'm going to send you into cities. And listen, there'll be some people who won't like your miracle you're believing for. There'll be some people who won't like what you're standing for. Not everybody's going to want to receive the word of truth. Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet if they don't receive the gospel. There's nothing we can do. But you go to the ones who want hope and healing. Because there are many that are out there, right? He said, I've given you authority to trample. That word trample means crush. How can we crush something if the enemy is making us small and we think he's out here defeating us? We think he's out here and got some control over us. Well, I can't do it. Yes, you can. 
Why? Because the devil's been defeated. The Bible says he's been placed under my feet. So whatever is coming against me, I get to crush him every time I walk. Every time I walk in authority, every time I declare the word of God, every time I say who I am in Christ Jesus, I'm walking on the devil's head and I'm crushing him under my feet. That means no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Depression has no hold on me in Jesus' name. Rejection, no hold on me. Abandonment, you have no control over me. Why? Because you've been put under my feet, devil, and I know who I am, and I'm still a work in progress, but I have a badge in Christ Jesus that says I'm the boss, I'm the one in charge, I have authority, and you have to get behind me in the name of Jesus. Amen? You have that authority. You don't have to wait for the altar here. We come, I want to do that. But I'm just saying, you can do it when you walk out the door because guess what? That's when the devil hits you. Hits you right when you put your hand on that doorknob, huh? Right when you put your hand, the devil wants to steal something from you. And you have to say, no, you are under my feet. Take the word, the authority. That's why I say get the word. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Write your scriptures out if you have to have, don't have them memorized. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover because of God in me. I may look small to you, and I may look insignificant to you, but I serve a great big God that gave me his power that lives on the inside of me. You want to hear a lion roar? I'm a woman of God. I'm going to roar, amen? You have to roar the voice of God. Men of God, speak, step up and be the prophet and priest. Be the authority God's called you to be. You may not feel like it. You probably don't. But in Christ, he gave you that authority. He gave you that power, amen? So we're going to trample on serpents. What serpents? Deception. The cunning wisdom of the world. Listen, the world is cunning. The world makes things look a little candy-coated and glamorous, how the church should be and how the church behaves. We don't cater to culture. We stick with the word of God. And the word of God sometimes is sharp and it's cutting and it seems a little offensive, but it will save their soul. And that's what they want. Listen, the world wants truth. Religion hates truth because we're uncomfortable with it. But the world, they're telling me I'm wrong. Tell me I need healing because I go home broken and depressed and want to commit suicide every night. Why, the world telling me I'm okay. I'm really not. I'm home dying and lonely. And the church is like, yes, you're right. It's okay. And we cater that religious spirit and say, no. This is what the word says. This is the authority of the word of God. This isn't your authority. This isn't my opinion. This is God the Father's. This is the Holy Spirit's word, amen. And when you give the word to your life or your spouse or someone you're ministering to, you're giving them life. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So if I'm reaching someone that maybe seem hard and difficult and we want to have compassion for, I take the word, but I'm severing that deception off of them so that they can see truth and find freedom in the word of God. Amen? we got to be careful that we're not bowing down to culture because it's so easy to do. Why? Because bowing down to culture, and this isn't even in my notes, but I just know the Lord has me saying this. Culture makes us bend to compassion. But the word isn't always compassionate. The word, is, word offends, doesn't it? It cuts. 
There's some things I don't want to hear from the word. There's some things I don't want to be challenged with. But culture makes everybody in this love boat. But there's many times Jesus brought out his whip. Where did, where did he bring out his whip? To the temple. You have made my house a den of thieves. Because they made the house of God something more than worship. Has to be truth. Amen. We've got to know and know our word, know our authority, not to hurt people, not to offend people, but give them truth. Because if they're not in Christ Jesus, listen, they're not in peace. I don't care what people put on Facebook. I don't care what they say. They're happy and their life is great. If they don't have Jesus, they don't have peace. Amen. And it's our job to find a way to get in their world and love on them, not throw the Bible at them. I don't even want the Bible thrown at me, amen. Tell me not to do something, I'm probably going to want to go do it. But it's in a nurturing of relationship and sharing truth and vulnerability and respect and trust with someone that you can give them truth in love to help set them free. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's keep going. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Trying to realize where I'm at. Okay, let's go really quick to the second translation of that, the amplified version. And it says this. Behold, I give you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And look at this. And physical and mental strength and ability. You think you can't do it. You think the struggle's too hard. Jesus said, when I gave you the authority, I gave you physical, mental strength and ability. Amen. Over all the power that the enemy possesses. There's nothing too strong in your life that God can't free you of, and no harm, nothing shall in any way harm you, amen. The only way the devil has control over our life is through our mind. And you know what that is? The power of suggestion. That's it. He can suggest to you that you're not good enough. He can suggest to you that you're not worthy, that you don't deserve the blessing. He can suggest that you never have a good marriage, all those things, but he's a liar, all he can do is suggest. He defeats us in our mind. So what does the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.5? In the praise team, you can come. And, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says this. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. Christ, as you begin to take this new territory, as you begin to declare jubilee in this year of redemption, stepping into your authority, you have to deal with your mind. He gave us clear instruction. Cast down the arguments. When he comes to speak to you, you have to say, no, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen. When, the, when those high things exalt against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity. I promise you, your miracle is on the other side of just side of bringing this thought into captivity. You got to know who you are, amen? Not by works, but it's by your authority. I truly believe, church, that there are great days in the kingdom of God coming. I believe that with all of my heart. And as the world may grow darker and whatever it is, the church is going to rise up stronger than ever before. God's glory will prevail in this time, amen? His, his bride is going to rise in strength and glory and in power and in demonstrations. And we need faith builders to be right there. We're calling in the harvest, north, south, east, and west, to come to find Jesus, 
Amen. To get healed, to get delivered, to disciple. There's so much we can do for the kingdom, but we have to rise up as the church. Be ready to receive them. Amen. Be in a place where we're ready to receive the law so we can freely give in, freely received. I'm going to freely give now. We can pour out of ourselves. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you this morning for your precious anointing, God. I just thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are here. And that, Holy Spirit, you will trouble our hearts for the things that trouble you. That, Lord, we will not be afraid in this season of the church. We'll not bow our knee to compromise, Father God. But, Lord, we will hear the voice of the Spirit. That each one of us will hear individually where we need to be, Father God, with no condemnation, but Lord, conviction of your spirit. Let us walk in your authority, God. Let us rise up in this hour to be the church, to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Jesus, that this church has been hemmed in for such a time as this, that Lord, the harvest is calling us the harvest is calling, Lord, and we will be ready to receive the portion that you have measured out for us. I just ask, God, that you would cover every one of us with the blood of Jesus right now. And give us ears to hear what your spirit would want us to say. What your spirit would want to say, give us ears to hear. I'm going to have everyone repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Give me ears to hear. Give me a willing heart. And give me strength to rise up in the authority you gave me. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. I love you all so much.